Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love talking to my guest this segment, Diana Furtgott-Roth. She has been a uh, senior uh, Treasury Department official, senior um, uh I mean, you've done so many different things. President's Council of Economic Advisors and Economists for that. And uh, you continue to work in academia for George Washington University and a policy specialist fellow over at the uh, Heritage Foundation. And so you bring such a wealth of background and, and uh, experience to every interview. Always love having you on the show. The stuff you've been talking about has been really interesting to watch, Diana, because I watch EV very closely. And I'm not EV adverse. In fact, I'm a fan of EV. I'm probably a bigger fan of hybrids. They seem to make a lot more sense. Um, But it's been interesting to watch the incredible rise in popularity of uh, EVs. And now in just the last year, the shocking crashing in terms of uh, consumer interest in them. And we're going to kind of hit that uh, hit on that today uh, with our topic today based on a recent article that you uh, wrote. And welcome, welcome to the program, as always. It's great to be with you, Kevin. So um, interesting, you know, interesting thing is that the auto dealers and the automobile companies, uh, you know, try to kind of like get along, if you will, with what they thought was the reality of EV. You know, in fact, they were many of them were even critical of uh, Donald Trump when he was president, reversing some of the mandates that he thought were too onerous, that were you know too overreaching for these companies to logically reach their goals. And, and wait, wait, Mr. President, you've gone too far. Well, now they're sounding a lot like Donald Trump when they look at what's happening today, based on the uh, Biden's administration trying to fast track policies that I don't think work well with reality. Well, I think that it's not that the, I think that it's not um, that the demand for EVs is slacking off. It's not just not growing the way the Biden administration wanted. So EVs are about 6% of new vehicle sales right now. And the idea for the Biden, from the Biden administration regulations is that this should grow to 60% of new vehicle sales by 2030. And consumers just aren't buying them in such great numbers. They're still around six, seven, maybe they'll go to eight. But auto dealers are complaining because these EVs are being shipped and they're sitting on their lots. And when you're an auto dealer, you have to pay for the cars before they come to your lot. And mm-hmm. so if they're sitting there and no one's buying them, you're losing money. Yeah. Yeah, or to have to have deep cuts in order to get rid of them, which, uh, you know, means that that space, that value, valuable space in their lot uh, is being uh, used up with vehicles that, uh, that, in many cases, they're not even making money from. They're just trying to make room for hopefully something that will sell. Exactly, because what people want to buy, the best we know what the best-selling cars in the country are, the Ford F-150 pickup truck, and the Lightning equivalent, the Ford F-150 electric pickup truck, costs about $26,000 more. Uh, it loses range when you tow or when you have a large load. And so the people who buy these F-150s, they don't find that the electric one is an adequate substitute, plus it costs more. Plus, you have to wait one or two hours to recharge it if you're out on a long drive. 
So for small businesses and farmers, these electric vehicles do not work. They're selling very well to an upper income component that has them as a second car. And by the way, two-thirds of these 6% sold are Teslas. Elon Musk has done a terrific job marketing these Teslas to upper-income people who want them as a status symbol as well as being fun to drive around. But many of them mm -hmm. also have another vehicle that they use on long trips. So if they're going on vacation with all their kids, they pile them into the Mercedes SUV. They're going on a short trip, say, to the opera, to work. Uh, they use the Tesla. Yes. Yeah, and interestingly on a Tesla that, uh, you know, they have spent virtually nothing on advertising. I'm not sure if I've ever seen a Tesla commercial. <laughs> Their marketing has been uh, really the power of, uh, you know, cost control. They, they produce, they sell cars at a rate that many of its competitors can't even make. For that price right yeah yeah no that's powerful marketing <laughs> well it's good marketing but they're also very expensive uh, you know average income earners who rely on one car and they're inconvenient for people who don't have a charging point in their home so there are many people who live in apartments who just don't have the infrastructure to charge them overnight and for these people it's not convenient so that's why these auto dealers, 4,000 auto dealers, wrote a letter to President Biden saying, please, dial back on your EV regulations. We cannot absorb that many EVs in such a short period of time. We cannot sell them. Don't put us out of business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's so many factors here involved in this. And, and you know, what I'm saying is that across the board, with the exception of Tesla, uh, almost all of these companies that their EV products lag far behind their uh, gas products and their hybrid products. And it's funny, hybrid was suffering for for quite a while, and all of a sudden, hybrid seems more and more like the new darling, the the common sense alternative to um, gas, pure gas vehicles rather than EVs. Is that a perception you're seeing? Uh, I am, especially the non-plug-in hybrids, Kevin because the non-plug-in plug -in hybrids get you extra gas mileage without having to stop and charge up the vehicle. So you don't need mm -hmm. the charging port in your home. The battery gets charged through your braking system, through the operation of the engine. Uh, so you basically drive the car like it's pure internal combustion engine, but instead of getting 25 miles to the gallon, you maybe get 50 or 60 miles to the gallon. So you're very happy about that. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And again, you know, you mentioned it before, and we talked about it often on the show. Uh, you know, you, you no family can really have a single car, and that car be an EV. It just makes no sense from a practical perspective. I think, in particular, where I live, I live in Texas. The next closest large city to me is almost three hours away. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> well, I didn't think. You know, There's a lot of driving of, between me and three hours away. <laughs> right. Well, I live in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. I could drive to work in my Tesla, but I couldn't put my six kids in it and drive the way down to South Carolina or Florida on vacation. That would be more difficult. Yeah, absolutely. So talk a little bit about the letter. Talk about what the administration's response is to it. Who are all be behind the letter and what the administration has been saying as a, you know, as a result, if anything. 
Well, the administration hasn't really responded to the letter. I mean, they're just leaving it. Uh, but at the same time, there's been a letter from over 200 members of Congress trying to defund uh, the EPA uh, funding that would pass the law to get rid of people's internal combustion engines. So this law, uh, this letter went to Senator McConnell. Uh, it went to Mike Johnson. And what they're trying to do is get support for a bill that would not allow EPA to do this. So this is another approach. Congress says, okay, EPA, you want to spend, spend certain funds on this tailpipe rule that would require 60% of new vehicles sold to be electric by 2030. We're going to get rid of those funds. You're not going to be allowed to do that. So that's also a parallel approach on Capitol Hill. The auto dealers are appealing to President Biden. The members of Congress are appealing to their leadership. And uh, it's a two-pronged approach. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, that's interesting. And so, of course, there's a lot of sympathy, I, I assume, in the Congress, at least on the Republican side. I've even heard some Democrats be a little critical of how fast-tracked the administration wants to do. It's a real push against reality. And I remind the listener, you and I talked about this before, that you have crazy things. Like the state of California is saying, we want to, by 2030, I believe, uh, you know, all EV vehicles being sold only uh, by 2030. Uh, and in the same paragraph, say, by the way, don't charge your EV vehicle because our power grid can't handle it. I mean, this is kind of the bizarre policies that we're seeing. Right. It needs, uh, yeah, it needs m more transmission lines, more power plants. And at the same time, EPA is saying we want all power plants to sequester, that's bury 90% of their emissions. And if they don't do that by 2040, they have to close down. So on the one hand, EPA is calling for more e electric vehicles. On the other, it's making electricity more expensive. But in their two parallel rules, they haven't addressed the other one. And that's yeah. very problematic also. Yeah, it'd be humorous if it wasn't reality. <laughs> I mean, I look at Gavin Newsom. It's so funny how he's treated as the uh, as the knight in shining armor for the Democratic Party, and that guy is just bizarre. This his approach to policy, and I look at you know the the state of California, it offers nothing of appeal for uh, people, voters around the rest of the country. I, I, I find Newsom, I find California, I find all of this quite bizarre. All right, Diana Percafois, she is a regular on the show, long-time regular, very popular. We always get very good feedback whenever you're on. Always love my business with you. You're one of those people that made me feel at least a little smarter at, by the time we're done, which I appreciate that, Diana. Uh, final thoughts as you wrap it up. The final thoughts is Americans should be able to choose the car that they want. I'm pro-choice. People should be able to buy an EV or an internal combustion engine vehicle. They should be able to buy an electric stove or a natural gas stove. The government should get out of our kitchens and out of our garage. There you go. And, you know, it, it goes down to uh, getting out of the winners and losers business, which is the epitome of crony capitalism. Uh, you know, we talk about this so much as if it's about a, the environment, yet they, they choose winners that are driven by the dirtiest of coal of China uh, to create their batteries. I mean, it's a, a very bizarre uh, again, dichotomy, very dystopian in so many ways. And so I'm with you on this, a great note to end on. We're going to, of course, at PriceOfBusiness.com, have a link uh, to the audio as well as the fact, uh, 
as well as the fact that we'll have a link to the uh, article that she wrote recently about this at Washington Examiner, plus all so much of her work is going to be made available. They're like we always do, whenever you're on. Thanks so much for being with us. It's great to be with you, Kevin. Thanks so much, and I'll speak to you next month. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Kevin Price. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you, too. I'm Kevin Price. You're listening to The Price of Business.